0: Hello and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Baska, and I am happy to announce that we have just been named to the Top 40 Social Justice Podcasts by Feedspot. So hey, but in other news, today I'm speaking with filmmaker Niels Gaup about his documentary Images of a Nordic Drama, all about art, commerce, and corruption. First of all, I want to say thank you so much for this beautiful documentary, Images of a Nordic Drama. And I want to ask, what drew you to this subject for both the artist and the collector slash art historian, Dr. Marin?
1: Yeah, the uh, the first thing that drew me into the movie was the the, the paintings, because they were so uh, fascinating, because um, I I didn't find them being... um, nice paintings it was very much like i felt a little uncomfortable when i saw the pictures uh, which i like i think that's the uh, that's what the art is all about it's not nice pictures it's, it's about something that touches you and I, I had this uncanny feeling when i saw these pictures so i liked them and uh, I, I saw them in a very nice uh, place like vienna uh, with Edvard Munch's paintings, Goya's paintings, Klimt, you know, all those big shots from uh, Europe. So I went to see this, this exhibition just for the, uh, because it's, it was called the uh, images of the uh, das Unheimliche. That Unheimliche means uncanny or something that's not uh, nice, makes you feel a little bit bad. Because I was doing, um, at that time I was working with a, a horror movie. And I was interested in uh, how the painters can create images that make you feel a little uncanny.
0: Can I ask what horror movie? I'm just curious. I make horror movies.
1: You do? Yeah, you do. I'm I'm, I'm still working on that because it's so hard to to make um, a horror movie because it's uh, it's coming out uh, at some point, I I promise you. It's not come (laughs) out yet, but I'm still working on the... uh, It takes a long time.
0: Oh, I know. I'm well aware.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So, um, yeah, um, and then the um, I asked the uh, the people who are organizing the exhibition in Vienna and uh, who, who's the, who the paint, who the painter is because he's Norwegian. I, I didn't know him. Uh, they gave me the number to Håkon Maren, who's the uh, the main character in the movie, and uh, I asked Håkon if he could tell me a little bit more of this artist, and then he told me a story that was so fascinating that I was I'm wondering, is this true? Can this be true? Because it tells you uh, the methods uh, and the corruption and all the things that's going on behind the curtains in the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, el- 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 the artist elite people and life. So I was curious uh, and wanted to tell the story because of that.
0: And there's one quote in particular that I absolutely love from this film, uh, no aesthetic interest is financially innocent. I love that line.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, that it's a professor. I, I will tell him <laughs> when I meet him again that you like that because yeah, I I, I, I like that uh, because that's true. Yeah, as you can see in the movie, if you want to have your paintings in the National Museum, that's supposed to be clean and uh, it's official, um, supported by Norwegian taxpayers. Uh, if you want to get the picture in the, your painting inside there, you can get them in if you have enough money. It's a question of money, really, not the art.
0: And it's interesting because you go from the Latin saying, Ars gratia artis, art for the sake of art, and this whole idea that the only reason that this particular painter, Axel Valdemar Johansen, The only reason that he painted what he painted was because it was for himself, not for a patron, not for the greater glory or money or anything like that. And so that's the only way that you get these anarchistic works of art that are unnerving to the rest of us. But that's also the only way that you create things that are exciting.
1: Exactly. So uh, yeah, because the professor told me also that at that time in Norway, people, uh, the artists painted nice pictures because they wanted to sell the pictures to the rich people so that was how they uh, earned money and uh and uh it really rich and famous uh, but axel valdemar didn't do that he didn't paint the uh for the uh to sell the pictures as you say uh, he painted for himself because and he couldn't do he couldn't lie uh about life so the, the things that he saw around him that was his reality. And somehow uh, that was what he was uh, painting.
0: And the work is so affecting and so truthful. I find it really fascinating that his primary subject was the Lumpen proletariat, or as they refer to them as losers in the <laughs> documentary. Yeah. Yeah. But I find that fascinating. There are other people in the Western tradition that certainly did that, but they did that later. And it's fascinating to look at his legacy artistically alongside Moch who a lot more people actually pay attention to, and trying to stand up and say attention must be paid to this important artist in Norway is a fascinating lesson in exactly how the elitism of the art world works. Yeah. So what was your biggest revelation personally on this journey with the art world?
1: Yeah, it was so childish. They can be when they're challenged. They use methods that are really—I feel like—I uh, I couldn't believe uh, the methods, like trying to stop an exhibition and uh, the methods they use and uh, how they use each other and back each other. They are so afraid of losing the power they have, the decision power, and deciding what the, what these, you know, the the normal people should see and like. And what we should not see and not like. So, they, they are decision makers, and when they challenge, they go crazy and do things that are really unbelievable.
0: What lessons from this film do you want people in the art world to take away?
1: I think that uh, they can't really decide on behalf of, uh, of people. I think people have to make that decision for themselves. And also, that uh, the painting shouldn't necessarily be nice. Because uh, I think that the, uh, we have a lot of exhibitions that we are sending out of Norway that are sponsored by uh, the, the oil company, and you know, the rich people. And those are the exhibitions that go outside Norway because they can afford to do that. Uh, and there are also always very nice paintings, like uh, the nice paintings of the fjords, of the, the landscape in Norway, the beautiful landscape, the nice part of, of our heritage that we are very proud of. That's the, the paintings that you will see. And uh, Axel Waldemar is on the opposite side. It was the Italians or the Germans who brought him outside Norway. Without the help of them, uh, Axel Waldemar never would have ended up in Palazzo uh, Te in Italy or in, in Venice in, um, in, in, in Italy and also in uh, Vienna. So it was the, uh, not the Norwegians who brought him out. It was like the people abroad. Which is uh so, something that we have to uh, understand in Norway that uh, we can't really decide everything,
0: and that money and influence also often just lead to more confirmation bias.
1: Absolutely, I, mean, the, I think the uh, the people who was really angry on the on the movie, and I me, mean, was the rich people that are mentioned in uh in the in the documentary. Hmm. You know, the Norway the richest man in Norway, uh, the the shipping. Magnet uh, Fredriksen he's the richest man in Norway, being now, he, and his daughters are the ones who got the big room in uh, the new National Museum, which cost the taxpayers like 5 billion Norwegian kroner. It's opening this summer, and uh, because I show those images, they, uh, they don't like me at all, uh, which is okay. I can, I can deal with that. And also, one of the richest, all the richest people who got all these paintings in, in the old National Gallery, so if uh, the uh, the message is, if you have enough money, you can get your uh, paintings in exactly where you want them to be. Uh, but if you don't have the money and you create paintings that are good, you will never have a chance to get them any, anywhere.
0: It's fascinating to me to watch a documentary like this, because in a lot of ways, it echoes exactly what we're seeing with NFTs and this whole blockchain culture that's supposedly going to revolutionize the art world, yet Again, even in those situations, it seems like, again, you have to already have the money and the influence, and then you can make money with your NFTs. But it's not actually circumventing the same problems that we've had in traditional art forever.
1: Yeah, I know. And that's just part of the... uh, I I, I think that the... um, what I'm trying to, to uh to deal with also also that the, um it's like in the horror movies. Uh horror movies in Norway was really uh not accepted at all until the 70s, 80s, 90s, then they decided to be accepted. Uh and this is the movie business. Um and the movies that they pushed on uh, on the audience was like American movies uh especially. So uh I think the uh they are decision makers who try to decide on behalf of, of, of me and normal people. And I really don't feel comfortable with that. I think that's, it's wrong. They shouldn't, they shouldn't have that much power. Yeah. They can do it, but they shouldn't have this power to, uh, to destroy people's work just to, uh, to get their, their, their things in, in, in the front.
0: So what do you recommend for the average public then to get away from the tastemakers and the gatekeepers how do you access the thing if the thing is not going to get any publicity? How do you get authentic hands on the thing?
1: I don't really have any, um, any uh, solutions to the problem. But what I think is interesting is Axel Waldemar, the, the painter, uh, is that uh, it's a passion that, uh, that uh, these, pe- these paintings evokes in people. You know, people really hate the somebody. Somebody really hate the uh, the, uh, the paintings, while others just loves the images. It's very, it's a, this is great art, and I think that's what, what art is all about, evoking emotions. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to love everything and like everything. It's not about that. It's it's like provoking you to to be to engage in life, in pictures, in everything. So uh, I think that's the uh, the, mo- the the interesting thing that uh, that I learned doing this movie that it's so, it's so many painters that are nice and people uh, like them, but it doesn't mean a thing. But some paintings are much, very much hated, and uh, those paintings that are very much hated are also very much liked by somebody. So mm-hmm. I think that's uh, an interesting thing that I uh, that I learned.
0: Yeah, and it's also fascinating because you almost deliberately shy away from the conversation about technique in the film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's li- really not about technique. It's for me, it's a story. And uh, I used also when I shot the movie, I, I didn't uh, use the, uh, what I use normally use in feature movies, which is like designing things and making things look better than they are or worse. Than they are. I didn't man- manipulate the images. I wanted to tell the story like, like that. This is, what, this is what we have, and this is exactly how it looks like. I didn't want to manipulate with the images.
0: I think that was a brilliant decision. It's also interesting because it makes the conversation so much more subjective and so much less about what your fancy degrees get you in terms of knowledge of art and more into the conversation about what are aesthetics. And I think that's what makes the whole conversation in the documentary so fascinating.
1: No, no, that's true. That's true. It just is here.
0: When you look at Axel Waldemar Johansson's work, does it come across to you in a specific way? There were lots of adjectives thrown around in the documentary: depressive, gloomy, frightening, unnerving, anarchic. What is the thing that prevailingly occurs to you when you look at this artwork?
1: I, I I saw this painting in uh, in the real life in Vienna in a big, big Axel-Waldemar exhibition. And these are really big canvases like two meters high, some of them really big. And when I went into this exhibition locale, I was I was like I think that was really that gave me a feeling of something that I'd never seen before. I was a bit scared. Some of the pictures were like a little Uncomfortable to to watch in real life, so I was. It had an effect on me. I didn't say, "Oh, look at those nice pictures." It was like the pictures are looking at me and uh, so, somehow provoking me to uh, to feel something. So I really felt something when I saw all those big uh, canvases uh, in this uh, location, and uh, it was one of the uh, you know the the main museums uh, in in Vienna where, you know, Clint and, uh, you know, the uh, the most important painters in, in, um, in Vienna. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was like, I was, I was in the arts world, and then suddenly I saw some images that was like the opposite. Uh, I think I could see life, I could feel life, and um, while all the other things were like very dead.
0: Wow. Well, I think that's a wonderful way to encapsulate the whole question of what art is and what the purpose of art is, and that we only create so that people can feel life in some way. Yeah. I wonder though, for you, as an artist yourself, what is your biggest takeaway from making this film?
1: Uh, yeah, it's so it's, it's many, but uh, one thing is that I understand how hard it is to make documentaries. It took me five years. <laughs> To shoot and, and edit uh, i'm shooting now a, a feature movie we are shooting the whole movie in two months and i know i have like two months to edit and uh the post it's like nothing while five years is a, is a big chunk of my life uh, and i never had the control on that movie not ever so uh, you don't know where you're going you don't know if you get the things that you want to get Uh, sometimes or most of the time you get things that you don't want to to have but it's true and it needs to be in the movie so uh, yeah the process was like very uh, hard but very uh, interesting and you had to be alive all the time you had to be there you had to be ready to shoot when when everything's happened so yeah I think that kind of um, touched me in a, a creative way that I'm now using on my feature movie I'm more there I'm, I'm more open to, uh, to improvise and to let the life in and I believe in the saying that there's a crack in everything and that's where the where light comes in uh, things doesn't have to be perfect it's when it's not perfect that you can, you can see the, the, the life
0: well thank you so much this has been a wonderful interview and I wish you every success with the documentary as it keeps going And thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of land stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money, we want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch.